Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is the Where's the yeah, I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I, I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode four. Thank you for joining me again. And I hope everyone had a nice week this last week. Uh, it was a pretty good week for me. Um, I got my nose pierced yesterday, which was really exciting. Um, I've wanted to get my nose pierced since I was like 16 in high school. I've kind of been toying around with the idea, but I've always kind of chickened out or I didn't think it was the right time. And then it got to a point where I thought I was too old to get my nose pierced. And then it got to a point where I realized that, you know, women aren't ever too old to do anything that you want to do. So do what you want. So yeah, uh, a bunch of friends and I went and we got a bunch of piercings yesterday. Um, We called it, you know, our Galentine's Day, even though technically it's not Galentine's Day yet. Galentine's Day is the 13th of February. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should watch Parks and Rec. Um, But yeah, I went out with my friends yesterday and a bunch of us got new piercings. So that's always exciting. And yeah, I had a nice, relaxing, productive day today before I started this. So I'm feeling good. Uh, It's a little bit later than... I would normally like to record this podcast. It's about 9.30 right now um, on a Sunday. And my husband is supposed to get off work around 11. Um, So hopefully he does not get off work too early and comes home and interrupts me in the middle of this because not only do I want not want him to just interrupt me and like ruin my flow, um, but I also pretty much like barricaded the front door with like bags upon bags of recycling because I needed to take them out and then I never got around to it. Um, So yeah, if he like opens the door right now, it's going to like crash and this microphone is pretty sensitive, so I'm sure it would pick up. Um, And I just don't feel like trying to cut that out. Even though I did, I'm learning a little bit of editing. Um, I had to like start and stop a few times when I was recording my episode last week. And so I kind of had to like learn how to go back and cut things out and restart the recording, which all of which is like very, very basic. So it's not even editing really, but you know, I was, I did it and I'm proud of myself. So we're just going to go with that. So yeah, I hope you all had a great week as well. I hope everyone's feeling great. Um, and I hope you're, you're nice and you're well rested and you've had pleasant dreams because today we're going to talk about fear factor. Yes. So fear factor. Um, I personally watched it a little bit when I was growing up. My dad, when I mentioned to him, I talked to him on the phone, I don't know, yesterday, I think, and I mentioned that I wanted to record an episode on Fear Factor this week, and he said, oh yeah, I like that show. Um, So I'm sure we watched it together, but it was like never a show that I was super, super into. Um, I do remember watching an episode when I was younger where they had to eat bull testicles, um, and that always stuck with me. So that's kind of what I associate Fear Factor with, but... Yeah, I wanted to do, I wanted a bit of a palate cleanser, something different than um, what we've done the last few weeks. And so originally I was going to watch Trading Spaces. And I was like, oh, I can do Trading Spaces. And then maybe in a few weeks I can do Trading Spouses since that was like just a play on the name, not a play on the idea so much. I guess the idea of swapping in general. Um, But I want to do like Trading Spaces or some other kind of home decorate type show just something a little bit different but 
I couldn't get into my father's DirecTV account um, because there was like a new login system and he had to update his password, which is why I was talking to him on the phone, actually. I decided to do Fear Factor since I couldn't watch uh, TLC on the DirecTV app that I needed to watch it on. Um, It just kind of came to me as a show that I know existed in the early 2000s and something that I have like kind of pretty much forgotten about. Um, And so, yeah, I just wanted to see like what it was, if it held up, what I remembered of it, um, and kind of just see how that goes. So I looked up some background on Fear Factor, um, and it's actually based on a Dutch show originally. Uh, It was called Now or Neverland. Um, And it first started airing on NBC from 2001 to 2006. It was briefly brought back in 2011 on NBC, but it was canceled in 2012. And then in 2017, it was revived, um, and it's hosted by Ludacris now, and it's on MTV, and it's currently still airing. I haven't watched any of the new revival series. I remember seeing, like, maybe a couple of commercials. um, And if I had more time this week, if I had managed my time more wisely, maybe I would have watched uh, some of the more recent episodes to see how they compare. But... And I do like, I, I genuinely like Ludacris, like, a lot. So, um, like, let's support Ludacris. But I didn't, I didn't watch it. So maybe I'll go back and see how that worked and how it compares to the original. But that's kind of the, the rise and fall of the Fear Factor empire, if you will. Um, and so, yeah, I actually saw something on the Wikipedia article that said Fear Factor was NBC's answer to Survivor. Which is kind of funny because as I kind of decided to do Fear Factor and I started watching it, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is too close to Survivor. What with like the challenges that they have and especially having to eat something gross because I remember when watching the first season of Survivor a few weeks back, um, there was a challenge where they had to eat bugs and it was just like one of those gross out mental fortitude challenges. And I know that that's like always inherently a part of Fear Factor is... I think we all associate Fear Factor with just eating something gross. I don't know. I know it's kind of just stunts and, like, dangerous things in general, but, like, I always just think about, it's just those damn bull testicles. Like, that came at a very um, formative period in my life, and so the the image of eating bull testicles is just, like, forever seared into my psyche and forever associated with Fear Factor. Um, So when I saw that on Survivor, I was reminded of Fear Factor, and then when I decided to record on Fear Factor, I worried that it was too close to Survivor. But now that I know it was kind of an intentional answer to Survivor, I like it because it kind of goes with the the theme of following the thread of how reality TV connects to one show, connects to another over time, and how it all kind of connects to the greater society and how we react to it. That's kind of the theme, the vibe, the thread that I'm going for as we explore these different shows on the podcast. So... I'm kind of happy that it, it worked out like that. It's a happy accident. Um, so Joe Rogan was selected to be the host of Fear Factor, which I genuinely did not remember until I started watching the first episode. And I was like, oh, hey, that's Joe Rogan. Is this what he's known for? Because to me, he's always just been like one of those celebrity personas who's around, but I don't really know who he is or like what he does or like what he's known for. I think the thing that I know Joe Rogan for most is that he has a podcast that I've never listened to and I think it has like a pot leaf on it so I assume he's like a marijuana advocate and I don't I feel like I associate him with Spike TV for some reason like did he have a TV show on Spike? I I don't know he's just one of those those people that I'm like aware of but I don't know who they are or like ever interacted really directly with like the media they're in or the content they produce 
So um, at the time when he was chosen, he was mostly known for his sitcom news radio, and he was also a UFC commentator. So that's definitely something I would never have any like personal interaction with. So that explains why I don't know him. Um, and so when he, he first started this show, he said that he expected it to be canceled within a few episodes due to objections of like all the shit that they put the contestants through. Um, and that he mostly just took the job to get like anecdotes and observations for his stand-up comedy, which I think is kind of funny. Um, and then other than like the standard format of Fear Factor, there have been some special kind of episodes and I don't know if specific seasons. I didn't thoroughly, thoroughly research the history of Fear Factor because <laughs> I don't know how much people care. But they do have like special episodes, like extended episodes with like four or five challenges. They've had tournaments and they've had like celebrity celebrity editions. Um, so as I like go through and do more celebrity, as I think it used to be called on VH1, um, like specifically celebrity TV shows, like celebrity fit club, cele- celebrity rehab, maybe we'll like dip in and do like celebrity big brother, celebrity fear factor, and just kind of like circle back to kind of, I don't know, the like normie versions versus the celebrity versions to see like if the celebrities are treated any different. Um, so yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that they had a celebrity fear factor. So let's go into the episode recap. Um, So I decided just to do the very first episode of Fear Factor since it's not something that I had ever seen before. I don't think I'd ever seen just like the first episode. Um, And, you know, it's it's emblematic of what the rest of the the series was going to be like. So why not? Let's just start at the beginning. Um, This episode on Hulu is called Horse Drag slash Rat Pit slash Hanging Car. (laughs) So yeah, very descriptive title there. Um, so yeah, I think that kind of just gives away a little bit what the uh, the three stunts are going to be, but we'll go into them some more. So before the show even starts, you get like the viewer discretion warning for graphic scenes. So you know it's going to be some good shit when you're like a little 12-year-old kid and you see that and your parents are letting you watch that show. You're like, oh yeah, what's going what's gonna to happen? Um, and so... We have kind of this opening sequence where there's like a voice voiceover, and it's like, imagine a show where your greatest fears become reality. Boom, 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 fear factor. And it shows like different stunts, um, type of like stunts that stuntmen would do in Hollywood, like someone's jumping off a building and swinging through a tarp or something. Um, and you can see some some black and white footage uh, from the rat pit that happens later on in this episode. So I don't know if it's just like shots from episodes that happen later on this season or what and it explains you know the voiceover explains that it's three people uh no sorry it's six people from around the country um it's three men and three women so i roll at the binary um and they get put through three extreme stunts and so i kind of looked up to see if there's a consistent breakdown between the three stunts and so it says the first is physical um and basically you just get eliminated if you do poorly on it um or if you just on any of the stunts if you you know decline to participate you automatically get eliminated obviously um and then the second is a like a mental challenge so that's the thing where they're always eating something gross or they just have to like do something that like psychologically you don't want to do but isn't necessarily physically strenuous and then the third kind of goes back and it's like physical again and it's more like a stunt that you would see in an action movie or something like that um, and then the grand prize, if you, you know, complete all of the stunts and you are the number one winner, um, since the winner of the third challenge is usually based on time, whoever has the best time, you win $50,000. And so I was kind of like, that just doesn't seem like a lot of money. I mean, like you're putting yourself in, I mean, 
I'm sure they're not really in mortal danger. All of the stunts have been like tested and vetted beforehand. But at the same time, I'm also sure that they're all signing like releases that say we're not going to sue your like your family's not going to sue us if you die while doing this. You recognize that this is like inherently dangerous and like no matter what precautions are taken, something could go wrong. $50,000 just doesn't seem worth it at the end of all of that. And I mean, if this is like, I know that this is, it's $50,000 per episode and they can't, you know, give away a ton of money on each episode, but it's also like a little lackluster comparing it to Survivor where you're competing for a million dollars. And yeah, again, I recognize that this is over like three days versus 30 days or whatever on an island, but I don't know, 50000 I I don't think I would do any of this for just 50000 Like that's enough to pay off, luckily that's enough to pay off all of my student loans and like leave me with a little bit extra, but it's not like going to set me up for life. I don't know. It just doesn't seem worth it. What would you would you do Fear Factor for fifty thousand? If not, like what's your limit? I think I would do the stunts specifically in this episode, I think I would have to probably two hundred thousand dollars at least, maybe two hundred and fifty thousand, like a quarter mil. I think that seems reasonable for what they're about to go through. All right. And so Joe Rogan pops up, he looks like a baby. <laughs> And he kind of gives the, like, don't do this dumbass warning at the beginning where it's like, these are trained professionals and this is very dangerous. Do not attempt this at home. Um, and then we get a theme song that's basically the exact same thing as, like, the voiceover that happened at the, the top of the episode that I assumed was, like, the Fear Factor kind of, like, theme intro. Because it's, like, all of the same clips and stuff, just, like, more editing on, like, the graphics and, like, there's music running underneath. But that's the Fear Factor theme song, I guess. Um so we open up, it's a western kind of set. Um, we get like a close-up on like horse hooves galloping in slow motion and like a zoom in on a wagon wheel. Um, and so then we have a, a group of three people that are walking and they're all wearing long black trench coats. Um, and then kind of as they're walking up, we get a little introduction for each person. So the intros have these graphics that have this like computerized blue background that just reminds me of the like backgrounds that they would have for templates and PowerPoint and it's all like tech and cyber kind of vibe from like 2001 um, and then there's like this naked bust of like each contestant it shows um, it's just from the shoulders up so you don't see anything but like no one's wearing like you don't see any sleeves or like straps um, and like it rotates kind of slightly as it's like going through this intro um, and the images they like almost look computerized it's it's uncanny valley I don't like it so over to the left side of the little bust um, it has like stats for each person um, and so it just goes up person by person and the first person is uh, Carlisle Clyborn um, and his little stats say like origin <laughs> Greensboro North Carolina occupation chef um, the next person is Winston Kahn from Springfield, Virginia. He's a bartender. Um, he gets a little voiceover. Each person gets a little voiceover saying a quote um, as their their little like graphic comes up. And he's like, oh, I'm willing to do what the next person may or may not do. And that's what gives me the advantage. And then we have uh, Gabriela Farias um, from San Fernando, California. She's a pharmacy tech. She just looks really nervous. Um, but we'll see what happens to her. Um, Veronica Best from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it says her occupation is retired cop, but like, what is she up to now? Because you 
your occupation isn't what you used to do. <laughs> it's what you're doing now. Um, and she has a voiceover that's like, oh, I'm a tomboy and a little bit of a bully. So we'll see how she gets treated or how she treats others. Um, Nick Watts from Peoria. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Peoria, Arizona. Um, and so, yeah, he has this little voiceover that talks about how his dad was an officer in the Air Force. And he taught him how to take pride in his work and how to never quit. But, like, his occupation is shoe shiner, which, like, no shame. Like, if that's if that's your occupation, that's fine. But it's just funny that he's like, oh, I take so much pride in my work. And it's like, okay, I mean, it's like a non-essential function. But it's if you got to do it, then I'm glad that you're happy with it. Um, but it's just kind of funny. He has, like, frosted tips. He looks very of 2001. Um, and it just, it, it's funny because, like, his intro, more than any of the others, remind me of the intros that they used to do on the show Next. Does anyone remember that with, like, the bus that people would get out of? And they would, like, come down off the, the bus and it would, like, have three little factoids about them. And it was always just, like, really funny, like, absurd stuff. Um, and they would have these, like, really funny voiceovers. So this is, like, a, a, a more serious version of that. But just, like, the juxtaposition of him being, like, I take pride in my work. I work so hard. And, like, his occupation being shoe shiner. It's just, it's a little bit delightful. And then the last person is Deirdre Hope. Um, from Portland, Oregon. She's a model, is her occupation. Um, and then she says that she has an adventurous spirit. She's not afraid to try things. She's not afraid to get her hands dirty. So, well, you'll be getting very dirty very soon, Deirdre. So let's hope you're okay with that. Um, so the groups kind of converge in front of Joe Rogan. Again, everyone is wearing long black trench coats. So that makes me wonder, like, is that the official Fear Factor merch that you just get to like walk away from? Or were they told that they needed to provide their own black trench coat? Or is that like what the uh, designers of Fear Factor, like are there costume stylists that they give, you know, they just have three or six uh, trench coats to give to everyone? I don't know. It's just something I noticed that I thought was kind of weird. So Joe Rogan explains the name of the game. He explains that the prize is $50,000 and they have three stunts. Um, they'll get eliminated if they're either too afraid to try or if they try and they fail the stunt in any way. Um, if you succeed in the stunt, you go through the, to the next round. And then, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, the final round is kind of timed. So the fastest person wins the whole kit and caboodle. Um, he does mention, I noticed, that the, this is a game. There is strategy to be had, and then people should be feel they should feel free to play off each other's fears and mess with each other's minds, which I thought was kind of funny because that does harken back to Survivor a little bit because so much of Survivor is that like outwit, outlast, outplay, like actually play the game, like join the alliance, make the strategies and things like that. So I thought that was kind of fun that you know it's. Um, directly discussed that they need to do that in this game as well but I thought it was a little bit weird because again this is only over three days because so like how much can they really like get to know each other how much can they actually get underneath one another's skin it's not something that you know if you're living together on an island for over a month and you're with each other 24 7 like you're gonna get to know what makes you tick you're gonna be you're gonna have the time to come up with a strategy to like affect one another because you know what that person is like you know what they don't like you know kind of what their fears are their anxieties are and you can kind of start to play off of that but like I mean you can kind of taunt one another at 
fear factor and just like point out the things that are about to happen and how like challenging they are but I don't think that you could really like get underneath each other's skin so I thought that was kind of interesting that he they bring that up but I don't know how much it actually affects the like gameplay in general as people play fear factor um so two men ride up on horseback and they explain that the first stunt is called the horse drag So each contestant will have to lie down in the mud and they're going to be holding a rope that's harnessed to the two horses and the horses will take off and run. Um, Joe Rogan said it's like 35 miles per hour and they're going to drag each contestant through the mud um, about 100 yards until they cross the finish line. So if they cross the finish line, they're safe from elimination. But if they let go before the finish line, um, one man and one woman, whoever let go farthest from the finish line will be eliminated. Um, so they all put their ID tags in a hat and just randomly pick out person and Carlisle is first. Um, and so something that I'd noticed just with like the, the videography of the show, um, after, you know, Carlisle is picked, but before he starts his stunt, there's kind of a cut to this kind of zoom in on this sign that's like hanging up on the side of one of the like Western saloons or something. And it says bone set wounds healed, like a, an old timey doctor's advertisement, So I just thought it was funny. Like, you're about to get, you know, dragged by horses. Hope you don't (laughs) break an arm. Um, And that did also, like, lead me to wonder if this set was, like, specifically built or, like, arranged that day for Fear Factor or if it was just something that they had up available that the studio was like, yeah, you can use this area. And they're like, great, bring in two horses and we'll drag them around. Um, So... Carlisle is up. Joe asks, like, what's the most famous, like, the most dangerous thing that Carlisle Carlisle has done before today? And he's like, I kind of stay free of danger. He's like, I don't have wings. I don't fly. I don't have fins. I don't swim. I've never been horseback riding. I don't really like horses. Um, So let's see how he goes. So it cuts over to some of the other contestants um, just chatting and, like, bantering before Carlisle, like, while Carlisle is getting hooked up in his like gear he has like a helmet and stuff and um nick does bring up the fact that he's a shoe shoe shiner um and he specifically tells deirdre he's like don't laugh but you know i'm a shoe shiner and she's like okay yeah like you got to do what you got to do and he's like well i've been doing it for almost 11 years and you know i was a at the phoenix airport for a while and you know my dad's in the military so we were in spain for a while i did it there and so he's just like very gung-ho about his shoe shining it cuts back over to like where carlisle's getting all hooked back in Um, The horses are kind of, like, snorting, and, like, they seem a little bit restless. And Joe Rogan, of course, like, has to be the troll that he is. And he's like, yeah, they don't really like each other. And Carlisle is like, yeah, I just don't want to get, like, pulled apart by them. And I was like, yeah, that's actually a really legitimate concern. Because when I picture, you know, they say that there's going to be two horses, I kind of thought that they would have, like, one rope in each hand. And I was like, yeah, what if the horses, like, split? (laughs) Just, like, I hope you think to let go soon enough. Um... So I just, I wonder if that's a legitimate concern that he has. Um, It cuts back over to the other contestants. Deirdre and Veronica, like, are shit-talking each other, but they're both just being very annoying. Doing that thing where they're, like, one-upping each other with, like, oh, you're going down. No, you're going down. No, you're going down. But, like, they are both kind of annoyed at each other and are both just being annoying with it. The whole point of this was to establish that Veronica is, like, rude or like a bitch because that's kind of a point later on is that she has a bad attitude but it just is like I want to point out that they are both annoying no one is more annoying than the other 
Okay, so we are, we're back to Joe and Carlisle. So this is all just cutting back and forth within like two minutes of each other. But um, it's some of the stuff that happens I like want to bring up. Um, and so Carlisle says he doesn't trust one of the other contestants. He says he doesn't know how he passed the psych test. And so I did want to bring that up because that's acknowledging, that's like a peek behind the curtain. Everyone who goes on reality TV has to pass a psych test before they go on. And this is something that's like talked about a little bit more nowadays. Like I know about it specifically because of RuPaul's Drag Race um, when I was like super, super obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race. And I was like on the Drag Race subreddit and stuff all the time with all the other people who were um, trying to figure out like the contestants that were going to be on RuPaul's Drag Race like before filming even started and like as filming was happening. And so people would talk about like the process of going on to a reality show and how you have all of these different interviews and once you're through to the first round you have to take like a psych test and all these other kinds of assessments to make sure that you can basically go on reality TV and not have like a breakdown or like murder anyone afterwards. Um, since like sidebar, a show I eventually do want to talk about, I Love Money, like one of the contestants was murdered or murdered someone, like something happened associated with murder. (laughs) So it's like the psych test didn't like really catch that in that instance. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was, it was like specifically interesting that he did bring up the fact that they had to take a psych test and that he thinks one of the other contestants is like weird and like that he didn't pass a psych test. Um, and he's talking about Winston specifically. And so um, they, like, kind of cut over to Winston and, like, talks. it shows him talking about how, like, he's like, yeah, how are they even going to scare me? Like, they can't seriously kill me or maim me. Which I'm like, again, can't they? I mean, they're not purposely going to, but something could go wrong. And I'm sure you signed a release that said it's okay if they do maim you. So it could happen. All right, so after all the bullshitting and the people talking back and forth, it's finally time and Carlisle goes. He lays down in the mud. He's got his rope. Just to note, the rope itself is like a piece, it's like a loop of chain covered in leather that you have to hold on to, and that loop is what's affixed to the ropes connected to the horses. So no, you're not in any danger of being like pulled apart and quartered. I just wanted to point that out. Um, So there is like a camera in the helmet and like on the rope to give uh, like POV shots as the contestants are being dragged, so... Carlisle's being dragged. He's flopping around like a, a rag doll. Um, but he doesn't make it past the finish line. He goes, like, pretty far past the finish line. He might be the person who goes farthest. They don't ever, like, announce it. It's not, like, a, a contest of who goes furthest, so it doesn't matter. But he hangs on for a while. Um, so, yeah, he got pretty scr- scratched up. Um, he says that it, like, burns really bad, like, all over your body. It doesn't matter that you're wearing clothes and stuff. Um, the rocks, like, come up and hit him in the face. One of the women notices that he's bleeding and he's like, we're all going to (laughs) bleed, which is like really ominous the way that he said it. He's just like, we're all going to bleed. But I also kind of, I don't know, I I kind of loved it's just like a motto of life, you know, like no one gets out alive. They say we're all going to bleed, whatever. Um, Oh, also after Carlisle gets up Winston, who's the person that he doesn't like, just if so you can keep it all straight. Um, Winston's like asks what's the cup situation and like pats his junk um and Carlisle was like oh yeah you could tell when it was starting to hurt there once I started to like turn over on my side so that is something that I genuinely like didn't even think about um until Winston brought it up but yeah I I don't have a penis or balls so I don't know I'm like not concerned about that but I'm sure that hurts like a bitch 
Um, and then Gabriella is like, oh, I don't want my eyebrows to be scratched up or like my face to be cut. And I was just like, ooh, hard relate, girl, because <laughs> I'm all about like my skincare routine and like not touching my face. And I definitely would not want like my face to have scratches from like rocks coming up and flying at me. So Nick's up next, um, and then, like, Joe Rogan brings him up and starts to, like, give him shit for, like, his shoe shining. And he's like, oh, are you going to be upset that your shoes are going to get so muddy after this? And then Nick, like, genuinely, like, 100% sincerely says that he had he brought his shoe shining stuff with him. And so he's going to bring his, his shoe, or he's going to clean his shoes after he's done. Um, and then he says that Joe's shoes are horrible, too, and he'll clean those, too. Um, so Nick goes... Um, just like before he gets pulled, I noticed a nice little establishing shot of one of the other, um, the buildings on the set. And it says, uh, it's like a blacksmith and it says like one of the services that he has is shoeing. So I'm just like, I noticed that, you know, it didn't go unnoticed. Even if it's 18 years later, just know whoever the, the cameraman was on this or like the editor who put in that shot. I appreciate your work. <laughs> Um, so Nick goes, he makes it past the finish line. He doesn't really have any issues with it, so it's fine. Next person is Gabby. Um, and so Joe kind of asks her what her motivation is for doing the show. She mentions that she wants to get money to go study in Spain with her friend. Um, and then before she actually goes, it cuts to commercial. And I actually get a commercial, and I'm pissed because um, I was watching this on Hulu. I think I mentioned and I don't usually watch anything on Hulu. I don't like Hulu because I don't, I'm, I'm just not about paying to watch something and then still having to sit through a commercial. I understand that the licensing is different and that's why Hulu has things that Netflix doesn't have and I understand all of that. The only reason I even have Hulu is because there was a really good Black Friday deal last year where, where it's only like $1 a month for a year. And at a dollar a month, I can deal with it and suck it up and watch commercials because that's like really close to free. That's fine. But I'm just like salty about it as it's happening because I'm just like, what is this bullshit? I haven't watched a commercial in years. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it cuts back. Gabby's strapped in. She's going. The horses take off. Um, She holds on for a while, but she lets go slightly before the finish line. So she is not guaranteed to go through the next round. Uh, the other two women who go, they have to make it past where Gabby went in order to make it into the next round. So if Gabby remains the farthest, she's out. But at current time, she could stay in. Um, so it's just sad. She like kind of just like lays there and she doesn't get up immediately. Um, and she like kind of mumbles and she's just like, it's hard to do that with gloves. And she's just like, I don't know, sad because I was rooting for her. I wanted her to be able to go to Spain with her friend. Um, and then the other people are like, oh, did she get the wind knocked out of her? Just because she's laying there for so long. So Joe has to like come over and check on her. And she's like, no, I'm just mad at myself. Um, and Carlisle points out at like the point where she let go is a bump or something that hurts really bad. So like it's it's hard to make it that far. Next up is Veronica. Um, so Joe lets her know all she has to do is pass a place where Gabby let go and then she's in. She says that she's scared. So like as she's all getting all strapped in and getting ready to go, the others are talking about, like I mentioned earlier, how bad her attitude stinks. And it just, I don't know, it makes me uncomfortable because I don't think her attitude was that bad. She was maybe a little bit standoffish, but this is the first day that these people met. I'm assuming they're all about to do things that are designed to take them out of their comfort zone and like put them in a place of fear I don't think it's you know a big deal if she was like not the friendliest or whatever and I just it makes me uncomfortable that 
either the contestants or the fact that production just left this in is painting her as a person with a bad attitude because she's a black woman and I just think that there's a pattern of that in you know the media and in reality tv of black women being painted as having a bad attitude or a worse attitude compared to white women especially but like anyone of another race who's doing the same types of things so if I see some like cultural bullshit I want to call it out and that's some cultural bullshit I noticed because Veronica's attitude was fine it wasn't shitty whatever um so she does mention to Joe like oh she's like oh the most dangerous thing I did before this was when I was an undercover cop but she doesn't say what she does now so it's just weird I don't like that they're like leaning in so hard to like the fact that she was a cop and she's not doing anything or I mean I'm sure she's doing something now I just want to know what it is like why are we talking about what she used to do Okay, it's her time to go. Once again, Joe yells out that all she has to do is pass the flag and the horses take off and she lets go basically almost immediately. (laughs) Um, She does not go very far at all. So Joe says that it's okay because, you know, as long as Deirdre doesn't pass her, she's still in. So we'll see. But Veronica, or not Veronica, Gabriella is really happy because she's like, oh, I don't want to be mean, but I'm really happy that I'm, I'm, I'm going through. So it was cute. Gabby's really cute in this whole episode. Um, so the next up is Winston. Um, he has to pass the, pass the finish line because the other two men have already passed. So if he doesn't pass, he's automatically not going through to, to the next round. Uh, he passes. It's no problem. He goes the whole way. Um, so after he gets up, his finger is bleeding pretty bad. Um, and they kind of point that out. Joe Rogan kind of walks over to him and talks about how the others think he's crazy, especially Carlisle. Um, Carlisle gets this, like, voiceover that's like he calls him Norman Bates. And I don't, Winston hasn't done anything particularly weird yet. He's, again, he's just a little bit stoic. He's not that strange. He gets kind of weird later on, but I don't know why Carlisle has such, like, a bad feeling about this dude. But, like, after that, after Joe Rogan goes over and tells him that the others think that he's kind of weird, he takes his bloody finger and he wipes the blood on his face like it's fucking eye black and he's a football player. And it's really gross. And it's, like, unnecessary. And I'm just, like, ooh, I'm, un- I'm like, unhappy with it. I just, like, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, and it, like, shows this shot of, like, Carlisle. Like, he sees him do that and his eyes just, like, get all wide. And he rolls his eyes like, oh, my God, look at this crazy person. So it was kind of funny, his reaction to that. But, yeah, I was like, ooh, nasty. Um, okay, so the next person up is Deirdre. She's the last one to go. And she has to at least make it past where Veronica let go or else she will be eliminated. Um, she says that her motivation for playing this game is that she just loves challenges and she wants to make her family proud. It's kind of lame. Um, I prefer Gabby, who wants to go to Spain. You go, Gabby. Um, so she goes. She passes Veronica's flag. Because like I mentioned, Veronica basically lets go like as soon as she takes off. Um, and Deirdre's actually the only woman who makes it past the finish line. She like just barely makes it, but she does make it, so she is good to go. Um, and then Veronica's just like, okay, well, I'm out of here, guys, and, like, walks away immediately. (laughs) She's just like, okay, bye. She, like, doesn't stick around. She, like, doesn't take her time. She's like, all right, bye, see ya, I'm gonna go get a taco. And then Joe Rogan just says that the next time is gonna be tomorrow. So I think this takes place, like, over a series of three days, what each day is its own stunt, which makes sense. I think originally I kind of went into this thinking that it was all in the same day, but that's a lot to do in, like, one day. So I'm glad that they have some time. 
So it's the next day. They're going to go do stunt number two. Um, and it shows these shots of the contestants all going into this like creepy, abandoned looking building. Um, and it has like this spooky blue filter that reality shows put over like shots when they want to make it look like something's happening in the dark. Um, and it kind of just shows like everyone kind of has like their own little line, this little voiceover as they're like walking into the second challenge, I guess, just to give like a little bit more background on who they are as people. So Winston has this voiceover that in college he was called a con man. And it's like a, a pun because his last name is con with two ends. Um, and he like played cards a lot. And he's like, oh, I think the whole con man is coming to play here. And I'm like, no, people don't think that you're slick. They think that you're crazy. And those are two different things. So I think you're wrong. Um, Deirdre's voiceover just mentioned that, like, her and her sister were raised as boys. So, like, she can keep up with the boys. Whatever. Um, Gabby says that she's like, I'm a competitive person, but even I have boundaries I won't cross. Um, Carlisle has this, like, voiceover where he's like, oh, I think the final is going to come down to the three guys. I think it's going to be me, Winston, and Nick. And that just kind of reminded me, like, of Jervis um, in Survivor Season 1. Just because I remember, like, Jervis was, like, a cool, fun, like, charming guy. And that's kind of, like, the same vibe that Carlisle has. But Jervis also called the women all cows or said, like, women are as stupid as cows or stupider than cows or something like that. And so it's just, like, the casual, like, misogyny of he's, like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to assume it's only going to be the guys in the final, like, the final. I don't think the women can take this. Um, while also still being, like, a a really, like, I don't know, charismatic, kind of compelling person to watch on screen. Like, that reminded me of uh, Jervis. Um, and so then Carlisle gets that voiceover about how he only thinks it's going to be the guys in the final. And then we have Nick. And he gets a voiceover again about his like, oh yeah, well with my dad being in the military and the whole don't cry issue, I was like raised not to quit. And I just thought that was interesting wording that he said don't cry was an issue. Like, you know, just being strong and like manly. Um, And I'm just like, I wonder if he has daddy issues. Because he did bring up like, he brings up multiple times like, oh my dad was in the military and he taught me to never quit. I don't know. I think Nick has daddy issues. I'm just putting it out there. So Joe Rogan gathers in front of the uh, the contestants and he explains that this stunt is called the rat pit. Um, so he says, oh, you guys, you know how you got tetanus shots yesterday? This is why. And I'm like, oh, they actually had to get tetanus shots for this? Uh, that's like, that's bad news. Like as soon as you see the medic coming up and being like, we're going to give you a tetanus shot, you know you're in for some trouble in the next stunt. Um, so basically they're going to get strapped into this pit in like an abandoned elevator shaft um, and they're going to have 400 rats dumped on them and the rats are going to like root around on top of them for four minutes and it's really fucking gross. So basically, yeah, you can decide either not to do it or you can bail out while you're doing it. But if any of that happens, you're eliminated and you don't go through to the final round. Um, and so Joe says that they had randomly selected Winston to go first. So as like Winston prepares, he's like asked to strip down. So he like takes off his shirt and has to do this like just in his undershirt, which is like ugh, really gross. And like they all have their shoes off and stuff. Um, everyone's freaking out a lot. Gabby and Carlisle are like especially super distressed. Um, and the women are especially like upset because they all have like lotion on and like hairspray. And they're like, the rats are going to eat our lotion. Um, so they do get goggles at least so like the rats won't eat their eyes out, which is nice. Um, Winston like goes down the pit and he gets strapped with like his arms like by his side and like 
vinyl straps like velcro straps or whatever like going over his entire body like pinning his arms down which always just makes me very uncomfortable and claustrophobic to see um and then joe says that it's four minutes from the time the very first rat hits because it takes a while to dump out 400 rats onto a person and then it cuts to commercial and i get a commercial again and i'm mad whatever um comes back it's winston's turn the rats are dumped on him all of these rats are like hanging out in these like giant plastic tupperware boxes I do wonder if they had to go back and like corral the rats back into the Tupperware plastic boxes in between each person's turn or if they just had like extra rats on hand so that they could just like empty out the rat pit and like dump the new rats onto the next person while they were corralling the old rats into a a box backstage or something. Yeah, I don't know. I just I'm curious how that the whole logistics of the situation And, like, how the rats were corralled, especially, I want to know. Okay, so the rats get dumped on him. It's gross. Um, It's really, it's hard to watch. Like, it really is, like, a full body, like, shudder to see, like, all of these little ratties, like, ugh, crawling around on somebody. Um, And, like, Winston is narrating the entire experience. He's being pretty calm about it. um, And he's just like, oh, they're pooping already. He's talking about how they stink, which is like, oh, that one really hit me. Because I didn't, that was something I hadn't considered. But as soon as he brought it up, I was like, oh, my God, he's so right. Like, that smell, that smell, I'm sure, was just, like, absolutely disgusting. Um, How they're like, he's like, oh, I can hear them breathing and chirping in my ears. Joe points out that there's like a rat just like hanging out on his crotch. He's like, thanks, I wasn't going to look. Um, but he's like groaning, but he's not doing too bad. Like he's not overreacting or anything. Um, he does like call out that he got bit on the toe and the finger. Um, but otherwise he does okay. So the four minutes are up. He like climbs out of the rat pit. Like as he's getting out, you can see Carlisle in the background. He's like pacing back and forth really nervously. Um, and so the first time I watched this, because I did watch this a couple of times, I I wasn't sure what happened. I thought he was just showing, like, where he got bit. But now I think he went over into a corner and, like, scratched himself up more or made his rat bites, like, bigger or, like, larger somehow or bleed more or something. Um, Because Joe Rogan, like, has this comment that he's like, oh, you're eating yourself because he's, like, biting at one of, like, the rat bites or something on his arm, which is really gross. Like, don't do that. <laughs> um, and then he's like, oh, shush. And then, like, he goes back over to where the all the other contestants are, and he, like, shows. And they're like, oh, my gosh, the rats got you so good. So now I'm thinking that maybe he did that on purpose and, like, made his wounds look worse so that it was, like, a psychological play to make the contestants more nervous to go after him and hopefully have some of them just, like, bail out so that he has less competition. I don't know. Just something I was wondering. So Deirdre's up next. Um, She says she just doesn't want her face bit, but she'll be okay as long as she can just, like, keep herself calm. Uh, The rats get dumped on her. She's okay initially. Her eyes are closed, but, like, once they start to, like, crawl close to her face, she starts to freak out. Um, She's, like, moving around and, like, wiggling, and Joe Rogan actually has to tell her to stop moving because she's like, oh, there's one on my tush. It's on my tush. She keeps saying tush, which I... I don't know anyone who says tush, so that, like, kind of struck me. But, yeah, it's really gross. Um, There's, like, a night vision POV cam, like, right by her feet. And you can see all the rats, like, crawling on her feet. And she has her feet just, like, flexed so tight. Because, like, of course you're going to, like, flex and, like, point your feet to, like, have, you know, try to get the rats off of them. And it just looks painful. And it's gross. Um, But, you know, she's done. Uh, She, like, they pull her up. Gabby's next. She's like, ugh, I don't know if I can do it. 
Um, Deirdre says that it was worse than she thought it would be and that they were chewing her all over because she had on lotion. Um, and then Carlisle is still like freaking the fuck out behind all of them. So Gabby's about to go down and she's like, I just want you guys to talk to me. Like, just talk to me while I'm down there. And then Nick is like, oh, just, you know, treat it as a massage. It'll just be like a massage. And then like Winston and Carlisle like freak out on him and they're like, it's not going to be a massage. And Carlisle is like, no, it's not a massage. It's nothing like a massage. And Winston's just like, just wait till you're down there and you have the full weight of the rats on your body. And I would just like, again, get like full body shudders because it's really gross to think about. Um, and so Gabby's down there she's in the rat pit she's strapped in Um, she just keeps asking for the others to like talk to me and it's kind of sad the way that she's saying it like it's not sad sad but she's like talk to me guys talk to me guys 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 talk to me and it's just like oh I can't imagine Um, she's screeching like screeching way more than Deirdre was but she's doing okay it's mostly just like they're biting her and she's kind of I would I would screech too I would screech like a crazy person um at one point she's like get away from my face and joe's like they can't speak english which it was just kind of funny um and so like again she's asking for the others to talk to her she just like keeps keeps repeating for the others to talk to her and distract her um and then she's like oh i'm I'm not sure if i'm gonna make it through but she does she makes it um and she does say that it's the grossest thing she ever has done or has ever thought about and that she kept wanting to quit she wanted to quit as soon as the first rat touched her but she made it through and she's on to the next round um and so the next person up is carlisle but he like officially and finally taps out he says that he he can't do it he says you know he says if i wanted to lay with rats i could stay at home and take that challenge which i thought was a little bit funny um and he's like oh i do things with a purpose in them the horse thing it was cool it didn't really have a purpose but it was cool but but there's no purpose in rats there's there's no purpose for rats beyond this earth so he's like i'm out officially and so he just walks away like veronica did they just have to leave so bye carlisle um i I just i thought it was funny that he was like yeah the men are gonna make it through and he's like the person the first person to tap out like the first person to just tap out from anything without even trying so actually and then to set the entire history he was the first person in the history of fear factor to tap out from a fear factor challenge so suck on that carlisle um so nick's up last and gabby's being really sweet and encouraging him um and she's just like oh i can do it you can definitely do it he's like i don't i don't know it cuts to commercial i get another fucking commercial i'm pissed whatever um cuts back joe's like encouraging nick and he's like oh it's fifty thousand dollars come on nick and again i'm like i don't don't think that fifty thousand dollars is really worth it for this like this is the thing that makes me think like 200 250k like that's what i would need to like go through this this is like psychologically it's like torment whatever nick gets in the rats get poured on him and he starts screaming he is screaming bloody murder he's louder than any of the contestants he's louder than like gabby who was screeching like way worse than any of the women um like anytime one of the rats bites him he like like screams i I don't want to scream into my mic because i don't know editing well enough to like flatten the noise levels and i don't want to like blow out anyone's ears um but yeah like he is he's really screaming and it's kind of funny um the others are like encouraging him but like anytime one of the rats like moves or bites him he like screams and cusses but he makes it out so he gets pulled up um they all kind of like gather around and you know joe's like well you made it through are you guys surprised that carlisle tapped out and they all yeah are surprised they thought that he was going to make it all the way through they assumed that he would be in the final so pour one out for carlisle there 
Um, all right, so then they all leave. The next day they're going to come back for the final stunt. So it shows the the final four walking up, and they all have, like, voiceovers as they're walking, kind of discussing who they think is their biggest competition. So Mi- Nick mentions that Winston is his biggest competition. Um, Winston, actually, to his credit, says that his biggest competition is Deirdre and that it, it has nothing to do with sex. So I, I do appreciate that, at least. Um, and then Deirdre thinks that Winston is her biggest uh, competition, and she's like, yeah, he doesn't care if his arms get cut off. Like, he's crazy. So again, we have this, like, establishing Winston just, like, as being crazy, I guess. Um, So they go over to Joe Rogan, and he announces that the final stunt is called the Vertical Hanging Car. So basically, there is this car that is being, you know, held up by a crane, and its front end is angled downwards, and it's being dangled over a lake. The contestants will be strapped into the front seat, and they are going to be lifted up over 150 feet in the air. Um, there's a ribbon in the front grill of the car and then a set of keys with a ribbon tied on it that's in the back key latch in the trunk. And so the contestants will have to climb out of the front seat, climb down to the front of the car that's like pointed downwards, and then climb back up and over the top of the car to get the keys that are in the key latch. So that they have both the ribbon from the front and the keys from the back. Then they have to crawl back into the car, sit back in the front seat, put the key in the ignition crank it and honk the horn all while being rained on from like water pouring above the crane so whoever does this the fastest and like gets it all completed will win the fifty thousand dollars but if you fall and slip then you're like out out it was randomly selected and deirdre goes first so she gets hauled up on the crane um joe has like this megaphone and he like shouts up to her that she says you know he's like go And then before she starts climbing, she's like, how far is the ground if I fall? And he just says, don't fall. So great advice, I guess. Um, She starts to climb out of the window a little bit. But like as she's lowering herself down onto the hood, she kind of just freezes up and says that it's not going to happen. No way. um, And just asks to come down. So that's it. That she hardly makes it. She doesn't grab either one of the ribbons. She just got scared and froze up so they lower her back down um but joe does say that if you know no one gets farther than her down the hood to the point that she got then she still has a chance to win it so next up is gabby um and before she goes up uh winston is like over there with her and nick and like out of nowhere he just starts this i didn't come here to make friends and i'm always looking out for a good like i'm not here to make friends moment because that i think is like you know it's like the the mortar between the brick of reality tv show i think it's what keeps everything together is a classic i'm not here to make friends moment um so he's like i like you all but i have friends we're not all like ooh ooh pat each other on the back this isn't boy scouts this isn't let's get through the rat pit together and hold each other's hands let's let all let's all get across the big obstacle and have a good time but it's like out of nowhere and no one said anything like no one was like wow i'm just so glad that you know, the most important thing is the friendship that we've made along the way. It was just like out of nowhere. And he's like, I'm not here to make friends. So he's just kind of being a dick, but whatever. It's Gabby's turn. She gets hauled up in the car. Um, So she's climbing out of her window backwards, but like there's nowhere for her legs to go as she's like climbing. She can't get a good angle on it and she can't really get her legs onto the hood of the car. Um, So she's like, I can't do it. I'm going to fall. Joe Rogan is like kind of trying to encourage her from the ground and saying like, you know, just hold on. You're not going to fall. You're not going to fall. But she's like, no, I'm going to fall, bitch. Like, you're not up here. I'm going to fall. And she's like, there's nothing for me to hold on to. She says her hands are getting slippery. I'm starting to get like nervous, even though they have like harnesses and stuff. And even if they let go, they wouldn't be completely, 
you know, SOL. They wouldn't fall to their death or anything. But anytime I'm watching one of those videos where people are like very high up and they're on the edge of something and they're about to fall, I start to get sweaty palms. Um, so she like tries to like call herself back into the car. She gets herself back up. Um, so she doesn't at least fall, which is nice because that would have been terrifying to watch. But she ends up quitting. So she's lowered back down. Um, so Joe says that Gabby didn't go as far as Deirdre. So Gabby is officially out of the game, but Deirdre is still in. The, if the two men don't make it past her point, she could win. Um, Gabby just walks away kind of like Carlisle and Veronica did. It's kind of sad that they don't, they don't get to stay and at least like watch the rest of it. Because I w- would want to see if I've come that far. I'd want to see who manages to do that crazy shit in the car. Um, so Winston's up next. He starts like circling Nick like a vulture, trying to like pressure him, trying to like psych him out and talk about the pressures on your entire family's watching. Um, so it's just like his last ditch like psych out effort. But Winston actually tells Joe that he's afraid of heights and he just didn't want to say anything to the other contestants and like give them any ammo to work with. Um, so he goes up. Um, he like hauls ass. He's going fast. He he remembers that this is a time challenge. Um, so he like shimmies down like to the uh, hood and he grabs the ribbon out of the grill. So at that moment, that means Deirdre is officially eliminated. And then he climbs back up. He's like climbing up the top of the car. He's kind of sticking his feet in the windows and using that to like climb over the top and the back of the car. I don't know how he's doing it because it, like I said, it's raining. It's not raining, but like they're pouring water to simulate rain on the car. So it's like completely slippery. Um, but he somehow doesn't. He climbs up the back of the car. He grabs the keys. He like puts the keys in his mouth so he can like use both hands as he's, as he's climbing down. And like as he's sliding back down over the back window, he loses his grip and he like slides off the car. Um, but he doesn't fall. He doesn't fall all the way down. He somehow catches himself. Like at the last minute, like he catches himself in the window. But I think I think the harness that he was wearing might have technically caught him before his arm did. Because Joe Rogan says that like that was it. You slipped. You're done. You're out. Which sucks. Like he made it really far. And if he hadn't had slipped, he would have made it and probably would have won just depending on what the time was. So um, he gets lowered back down to the ground. Deirdre's completely out, so she just walks away, doesn't get to watch the final, um, and it's when it's Nick's turn. So Winston kind of talks about how he'll be so upset if Nick wins after all the crazy stuff he did, and there's like a flashback um, to him like painting his face with his own blood, which again I just think is so gross. But he's like, I'm not a psychopath. I just did what I had to do. So I guess that whole moment of him even doing that was him just trying to like freak out the other contestants and make them think that he was a crazy person, which I don't really know in terms of strategy how that would like work and make like how how does that give you an advantage if you all just have to do your best on these stunts? It doesn't matter if they think you're crazy or not, if they're still going to do it and they have like the confidence and mental fortitude to do it like of their own volition. It doesn't really matter what they think of you. So I think you just smeared blood on your face for nothing. So anyway, Nick goes and like as he's going up in the car and he starts to climb out of the window, it becomes obvious that he paid very close attention to what Winston was doing. And so he's taking like the same exact path that Winston did. Um, And Winston's like on the ground stressing out about it. And so he's talking and he's like narrating the path as he's going. And he's like, 
he saw where I was going. He's putting his feet exactly where I put. And it's a little bit creepy, to be honest. Um, just, like, the way that he's, like, narrating everything. So, like, Nick climbs down. He grabs the ribbon from the front grill. And now he's climbing back up over the front of the car. Um, and, like, Winston's like, oh, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. Um, as he's climbing up over to the back to get the, the key in the trunk, he actually slips a little bit and, like, kind of slips over off the back of the car. But he catches himself by putting a foot down in the window. And so he's able to, like, climb back up. And I don't think that he slipped too far to the point where his harness caught him. So he's still allowed to compete and keep going. So he climbs back up. He's able to grab the key and then he very slowly and carefully climbs down. And like all he has to do is make it in the window and he is home free. And so Winston sees it and he realizes that he's going to lose and he gets pissed. Um, Nick climbs in. He turns the key. He honks and he wins. So yeah, Nick is the official first winner of Fear Factor. So they bring him back on the ground and then Joe Rogan gives him the final line where he's like, you're $50,000 richer and evidently fear is not a factor for you. Roll credits. Ba-da-da-da. That's not really the theme song, but you know, that's the end. So yay, that's the very first episode of Fear Factor. Our first winner is a man who's a shoe shiner and he has frosted tips because that's what our, that's where America was in 2000, like 2001. Sorry, this came out in 2001. That's, that's just where we were. I think that's very emblematic of, you know, the state of the country. Um, so, yeah, I like to do a, a where are they now if I can find it. So last week's was really long because, of course, all of the Surreal Life cast members are actual celebrities that have done things with their lives since being on this show. I attempted to find a where are they now for each of the contestants. I thought that maybe there would be like a fear factor where are they now since this was the very first episode. But I couldn't really find anything, so I did my best. So I looked up Carlisle first, and I did find online there was a Greensboro News and Record newspaper article from 2001, and it was basically just talking about his debut being on Fear Factor. Um, fun fact, the article also mentions that Kelly's Kelly Wigglesworth from Survivor Season 1 was from Greensboro as well. So there's another like Survivor link here with Fear Factor. Um, so the article seems to indicate that uh, he was in L.A. like at the time of the interview um, and that he's trying to be an actor or something to that effect. Um, I did find an IMDb, IMDb page with his name, uh, but there was only the Fear Factor credit, so I don't know if he really did anything while he was in L.A. And then, unfortunately, I found an obituary for a Carlisle Clyburn um, from Greensboro, dated February 1st, 2006. So, potentially rest in peace, Carlisle. Sorry to bring down the mood. Um, yeah. I couldn't find any other information, so it might not be him. But that's a little bit of a unique name, and he was also from Greensboro, so he might have passed. Um, okay, so the next person was Deirdre, who, when she was introduced, was introduced as Deirdre Hope. Um, from everything I could find, she's going by Deirdre Lawrence now, um, and she's actually like quite a successful actress. She has an IMDb page. Um, she has a ton of credits. It's mostly small parts, but she's like still working. She's been working consistently. Um, she already has like a credit from 2019 on her page, so she's like working to this day. Um, and she's really active on Instagram and Twitter. So if you want to follow her, she's at Deirdre Lawrence. Um, look her up. She's doing well. Good for you, Deirdre. Uh, I looked up Veronica. I was, con I, I wasn't sure how much I'd be able to find since she was like eliminated first, and there wasn't a lot to go on. 
I did find an IMDb page that credits this Fear Factor appearance to her. And then there's one other, um, it's like a movie, an independent film from last year. But there is a website, starnow.com.au, that says Veronica Best is an Australian actress and that she was on Fear Factor and she has other credits like in commercials and as extras in Tyler Perry movies. And it lists that same 2018 movie that was on her IMDb page. Um, So it's just interesting because her intro said that she was from Atlanta and she was a retired cop and that she mentioned that she had been a cop for like seven years or something. And now there's this other website that says she's Australian. So I don't know. That's a mystery. If you know who Veronica Best is and if she's actually from Atlanta or if she's from Australia, let me know. I'm very curious. I looked up Winston. Um, Literally the only thing I could find about him was just like the IMDb, IMDb page and it just has like the one Fear Factor episode. So I don't know. Presumably he's cutting up people and burying them in his backyard. Is that libel? slander sorry I don't know that was my that was a joke sorry Winston I don't think you're actually a psychopath but I don't know what he's up to um and then I looked up Gabby uh Gabby Farias I think is her her name given on the beginning um but there is an IMDb page for Gabriella Martins um and does have her episode of Fear Factor on it so I think that she just goes by a different name now um she's working she has a few other credits but she's not like as prolific as Deirdre is um and she's done some Spanish language work so she might be uh more prolific in a Spanish market and not just have that stuff listed on IMDb um, and then I looked up Nick Watts. I like couldn't really find anything on him. I googled like Nick Watts shoe shiner, and I like couldn't find anything. I did find his IMDb page. I guess all of these people like maybe they were just like around LA and they like wanted to be an actor or like in the biz or something because um, they all have they all have at least the IMDb page with like the one Fear Factor episode. His has one other credit from 2001 as well. It's for some kind of movie or short or something. It's called Twice Today. I couldn't really garner what it was about. Um, apparently he was also on an episode of The Weakest Link. Uh, it was the Fear Factor winner's edition. So that's fun. And then Joe Rogan. Where is he now? He's working. Like I mentioned, I he's just one of those people that I know he works a lot. But I'm not really ever familiar or like a, a consumer of his work. Um, so he does a lot of comedy stuff. He has his podcast. I guess he smokes weed. That's Joe Rogan. Woo! <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's it. That's Fear Factor, and that's where they are now. Does it hold up? Does season one hold up? I would say yes. I think Fear Factor does hold up. I think the formula pretty much works no matter what. I don't think, you know, the American cultural conscious hasn't changed that much in the last 18 years. I think that watching people do these types of things will always be interesting it always gets our like heart pumping and our blood pressure raised um there's always that sense of kind of schadenfreude like when we're watching people do gross stuff that we don't ever want to be doing so i would say that fear factor definitely holds up um you can find it on hulu like i mentioned they have i think most of the seasons it's still airing the new version with MTV and Ludacris. Um, I might need to go back and watch that just to see how it is, if it's still good. If Ludacris does well, I hope he does. Um, but yeah, go watch Fear Factor. Watch a couple of episodes. Put it on in the background when you're cleaning or something. You know, it's a it's a good, I would say, you know, it's good to watch after a tough day at work and you come home and you make your dinner and you throw on an episode of Fear Factor. And, you know, it's a nice 
pressure release from the day and the realities of the real world. So I say go enjoy. Go watch some Fear Factor. Let me know what you think. Do you think it holds up? Do you like it? How do you feel about Joe Rogan? Do you consume his media? Let me know. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. You can follow me on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast and on Instagram at Snapback Podcast. Send me a message at snapbacktorealitypod at gmail.com. Let me know what you think or give me suggestions for what shows you want to hear in the future. I really want to know what people think and what people want me to do, what shows were your favorite when you were growing up, um, especially things that I've like never touched on before. Um, I've never seen Big Brother ever I've never watched The Real World. I've never watched any of like the Bravo reality shows. I'm kind of afraid to dive into the Bravo reality shows because I know their like fandom is like super deep and intense. But I also like I really want to know what the deal is with Vanderpump Rules, like who these people are and why they have a TV show. So I do want to touch on like the Real Housewives, um, the the other Bravo stuff. Let me know what you like. What do you what do you think I should do next? Um, I think next week I might do Laguna Beach. Because that's something that I've never done before. Well, I've never watched before. Obviously, I've never done it before since this is only episode four. But it's something that I think is pretty, in, I don't know, it's like an intense reality moment in the mid-2000s. It led to The Hills. It led to like Lauren Conrad being a thing. Spencer and Heidi being a thing. I remember like whenever I would watch The Soup with Joel McHale, they would always make fun of Spencer and Heidi and The Hills and stuff. So I have like that kind of cultural context but I never watched the source material so I think we'll do Laguna Beach next week but let me know what you think what you want me to do tell me about it um if you really like this podcast you can support it by giving a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever else you review your podcast and until next time bye